The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week here at the Crude Life Week in Review. We've got a fantastic program, and I want to get right into it as soon as possible. So I'm going to set the table quickly here. It's kind of a fast food seat yourself. Bring your own topic today here at the Crude Life. No, I'm just kidding. What we're doing today is we're going to bring to you some of our live recording sessions. One we did recently down in Greeley, Colorado, called regulations gone wild or the new normal and what we talked about was some of the regulations that are going on in oil and gas whether it be in the Bakken whether it be in Greeley Colorado Weld County whether it be down in the Permian where the Railroad Commission is talking about new regulations almost every other week there's a lot happening in the world of oil and gas when we're talking about regulations so our topic in Greeley Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply, thank you very much for being a gracious host. Becker Safety and Supply down in Greeley, Colorado in Weld County, the number one oil and gas producing county in the state of Colorado, oftentimes competing for the top in the country too, mind you. This week, Bill Jerky, Executive Director of Fuel, that is a non-profit fuel. Also, he was a former state legislator for 20 plus years. His name is Bill Jerky. He joins the Live in the Crude Life live recording session. Also, Dennis Pungitori with the EVP, Executive Vice President, and ready for this title, folks, Chief Revenue Officer. That's right, Chief Revenue Officer of Meridian Energy Group. And Tanya Van Bieber, candidate for House District 48, was also in the audience. And I'll tell you what, she joined us right during the Live in the Crude Life. That's one of the things about the Live in the Crude Life live recording sessions that is so unique and special. The audience members that show up engage with the program. They can either ask questions, or in some cases, we just bring them right up on stage with us if they're apparently that qualified in the moment. So it was a very organic discussion, of course. Awesome time. We will be coming to Dickinson, North Dakota on August 20th. We will be coming to Gillette, Wyoming, I want to say September 20th-ish. Somewhere along there, our, our dates are escaping me because I was not prepared to recite the dates. But look at that, some organic discussion, and all of a sudden I'm previewing. So we've got Dickinson, North Dakota. It is the day before the Bakken Barbecue. The Bakken Barbecue is August 21st, our live recording session, which is titled Oil and Gas Builds Culture and Communities. So that's what we're going to be talking about, how oil and gas is building culture and communities. And we've got all kinds of special guests lined up for that. And then we'll be in Gillette, Wyoming as well in September. And we've got uh, dates being set right now as we speak for Houston and Odessa, Texas, possibly Pecos and San Antonio as well. So living the crude life, recording sessions, our live recording sessions are, are really becoming popular in communities uh, given a great opportunity for people to network, 
create a new a, a new network and meet some new people and find out why people really do embrace and enjoy and and really stand behind the oil and gas industry. There's a lot of climate activism going on right now. And a lot of people are losing friends and family members because they work in the industry. Yet 96% of what we do from brushing our teeth to driving to work to watching whatever on YouTubes is oil and gas related. And as we evolve to different types of energy, it's important that people understand the oil and gas industry. It builds culture. It creates communities. It creates culture and builds communities too. I should have actually flip-flopped them to begin with, but I'm not going to edit. What I'm going to do is I am going to get right into our Living the Crude Life series because I'm taking a look at it. Let's get to it, folks. And one more time, I'm going to mention this Living the Crude Life series is from Greeley, Colorado. We just did it last week. And Bill Jerky, the executive director for Fuel, he's a former state legislator of 20-plus years. Dennis Pungitori, the executive revenue officer, the chief revenue officer, executive vice president, excuse me, of Meridian Energy Group, the Davis Refinery, coming to Belfield, North Dakota, in the Bakken. And Tanya Van Bieber with the House Candidate District 40, third generation Weld County as well. So she brought a lot to the conversation. So let's get right to it, folks. This is part of our Living the Crude Life live recording session. Yeah, it was really the uncertainty that, that kind of kept people on the sideline. But yeah. there's a there's a class of investors out there that really, they invest in oil and gas. And when they pull their money out of one company, they look for another place to put it. And really, we are one of the few games in town where you can really invest in a disruptive technology, a disruptive company that has the potential for extremely high returns. And, and you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the other projects. It's, it's Davis, the North Dakota refinery, isn't the only project. It's, we're not a one-trick pony. We've got project uh, uh, project ongoing or in the early stages in West Texas. We've got one in Oklahoma, and those will there will be multiples of those projects. Um, I don't know if you want if you want me to expand on some of the other things that we've talked about. Well, you know, one thing I, I would like you just to let the audience know about is that this is the first greenfield refinery to be built in the United States in over 50 years, and that's a very important milestone because. The last 40 to 50 years, I'm rounding up, I think it's 47 or something like that, but the last 40 to 50 years, it's only been patchwork expansion remodel jobs. So literally by default, they will be the cleanest refinery in the, in the, on the planet as soon as they turn their lights on. So they're actually gonna be setting the bar for probably the planet going forward. This is. This is why this company is really remarkable because they have such a ground floor head start on this technology with these, I don't know if you want to call them micro refineries. I don't want to be insulting. It's, it's, they're targeted. Tar okay. Targeted, yeah, they're targeted refineries. Yeah. Right. Because they only, they, they produce a certain amount of oil to keep under that minor source, which is really important because that way you can get a refinery and the issues with the pipelines and some other issues is very important to the Bakken right now because what they're talking about in the Bakken right now is adding more dollars onto the price. 
because of the uncertainty with the pipeline. So the Bakken discount right, right now might actually go up a little bit by six, eight bucks or something like that I was seeing in the, in the, in the news today. So that refinery would help with that, alleviate some of these things. So anyway, I didn't mean to continue on. It's well, I just, as, as we, when we spoke on the phone, I'm, I spent most of my career in power generation, developing power plants. It, it, bear with me, but back in the day, 20, 30 years ago, a Duke Energy and Excel, they were, uh, you know, at that time, um, they would never, their job was to build, own, operate, and maintain power plants. That's what they did. And, and the thought of them buying. We're going to take a brief pause from our live recording sessions here played back. They're actually recorded sessions that we did live in Greeley, Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply. Once again, thank you for being a gracious host, Becker Safety and Supply down in Greeley, Colorado. The next live recording session is coming to Dickinson, North Dakota at the West River Ice Center, August 20th. We're going to take a brief pause and we come back. We'll continue the conversation here with our Living the Crude Life live recording session here at the Crude Life Week in Review. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... Hey folks, this is Jason Spies with The Crude Life, inviting each and every one of you to the 8th Annual Bakken Barbecue Happening. Friday, August 21st at the West River Ice Center in Dickinson, North Dakota. Folks, this is the event of the summer, the Bakken Barbecue Happening. August 21st, it's a Friday from 4 to 10 o'clock. Proceeds to benefit Make-A-Wish, North Dakota. Folks, we'll see you there Friday, August 21st at the Bakken Barbecue. It's going to be the barbecue event of the summer. The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week. This week, we're taking a look at our live recording sessions we do across the Shale Play USA. And this one comes to us from Greeley, Colorado. Regulations gone wild or the new normal. That's the discussion we're having here with our live recording sessions that we've now tape delayed here and brought to you at the Crude Life Week in Review. Let's get right back into it, folks. Once again, Living the Crude Life live recording session in Greeley, Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply. Bill Jerky, the executive director of Fuel and former state legislator of 20 plus years. Dennis Pungitori, the executive vice president and chief revenue officer of Meridian Energy Group. And Tanya Van Bieber, candidate for House District 48. They would never, their job was to build, own, operate, and maintain power plants. That's what they did. And, and the thought of them buying electricity from another source was, it was silly. You, didn't, you never considered it. Well, along comes the whole independent power producer movement where these people were, could build smaller, cheaper, more nimble power plants placed in areas that had intersections of gas lines and electric lines. And it was a, it was a sea change in the industry. Today, I don't think a Duke or a Southern or any of these, these power companies would even consider building their own power plant. It, it would be unheard of to do that. They would simply buy the resource. If you, if you think about Meridian's business model, we very much mirror that, that um, business plan. Uh, an Exxon is not going to build a $600 bill or a $6 billion refinery somewhere. That's not, 
what they do. They haven't done it. Nobody's done it for 47 years. What we can do is we can find areas of the country that intersect stranded or uh, price-advantaged crude oil and basically put the refinery where the crude is versus shipping it to the Gulf Coast refining or to Philadelphia or wherever else these, these ancient refiners are. So we can, we can produce the refined product near the crude and near the need for the refined products. And, and because of the size, we can do that virtually anywhere. So, so it takes me back to the old power days, looking at the intersection of crude and, and refined products. And that's really the business model that will take the company well beyond the Davis plant. And that's one of the reasons I'm very happy that you agreed to be a part of the panel tonight, and in Colorado specifically, because of the increased regulations in Colorado, not only the increased regulations, but the speed of the increased regulations. And Bill Jerky, I, I wanted to ask you about what your thoughts are on some of these outside-the-box ideas to try to create some, I guess, some new, I will call it non-traditional revenue for if it's the first one built in 40 years, 50 years. And the reason I, I bring it up to you is because there's a lot of movement to integrate agriculture and energy together, whether it's through water recycling or whether it's through some sort of uh, pumps on, I don't know, powered by methane. I have no idea. I'm, now I'm making stuff up with methane cows. But you understand what I mean. The integration between ag and energy has been um, increasing I talked to uh, Barbara Kirkmeyer, uh, Weld County Commissioner, about a month ago, and she said Weld County didn't always have a, such a friendly relationship with ag and energy a number of years ago. So it's been, a, it's been a work in progress. So talk to me a little bit about some of the innovation, some of the outside-the-box thinking, where you've obviously done with fuel even. Jason, through the years, 30 years ago as a young rep, uh, state representative, uh, I was anti-oil and gas, basically. And... Uh, I oppose the industry and would introduce tough bills to try to go ahead and rein them in, to try to go ahead and get them to play fair, play right, uh, prompt payment bills, for example, uh, just different bills like that to try to get the industry to do right by the surface owner. And, of course, a couple of things happened during that era. Uh, COGA really started flexing its muscles. As I mentioned earlier, Senate Bill 177 came along, providing greater scrutiny as well. And so the industry just got better and better and better. And then with the, uh, the Jake well again, uh, the production just shot up dramatically. Once we started doing horizontals, it made a whole lot more sense for the royalty owners of, uh, of Well County. The royalty owners of Well County primarily are farmers and ranchers. They're the ones that own the vast majority of it. And nothing helps a lousy corn price or a lousy milk price or lousy commodity prices of any kind like being able to collect some decent royalties along the way to subsidize your agriculture. And that's what's been happening here in greater Weld County for a long time. Those of you who don't know it, Weld County is the number one agricultural producer in the state by far, hands down, no question about it. So when we produce almost 90% of the state's oil here, right here in the same county, tons of synergy between agriculture and oil and gas. I used to hypothesize that that there might be a thousand sons and daughters of farmers and ranchers working in oil and gas today in this county. Any out there in the crowd today? Yep, I can see several of them, several hands popping up out there. People who, 
who have their roots in agriculture but now work in oil and gas. And that has blended in such a way so as to create a much, much better relationship for the industry, oil and gas industry, to work with their sons and daughters who are now in, in oil and gas. So it's been much, much better. Uh, since this is crude and we're a little bit wild and crazy here, I just, I just wanted to see whether or not it'd be okay if, if we brought a new person up here instead of me. Could that be possible? Absolutely. You know the audience is always open to change. Let's play musical chairs. So, um, Well, they maybe have heard enough from me. I don't know. Who do we got coming up here now? This Tanya Von Beber. Tanya Von Beber? Awesome. It's a van, Tanya, not thank a Vaughn, you for sorry. coming in. Tanya. Folks, like I said, here at the Crude Life, this is like changing the oil, going 65 miles an hour down the interstate. And, boy, this is interesting. This is a first here at Becker Safety here, folks. We're playing musical Appreciate chairs here at in. Becker. Uh, yeah, social distancing is kind of a, a loose loose thing now. Um the well, thing, they, the, the thing that you asked about, though, really quick, Jason, is I am so excited to hear from Dennis. He's a former commissioner. I've wanted to push for like 15, 20 years now a refinery in Weld County. So, yeah, yeah. I hope that that's what part of your trip Dennis, is Dennis, you for. just got the trip made right now. My, my business cards say Houston. <laughs> you live in Colorado. So, yeah, please, we would love to see one in uh, Greater Weld, right, where the oil comes from, and, and then marketed right into Denver. Um, thank you. Yeah, we, sh we should talk. It it's funny. Um, we've gotten or I've gotten unsolicited requests from companies that are, um, well, this is before the COVID thing, but airlines that are having difficulty getting jet by pipeline and uh, are interested in a model where we have a smaller refinery near major airport hubs. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's starting to catch on. And you've heard of DIA. Yeah. <laughs> Tanya, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me in tonight. Well, thank you. And introduce yourself, please, because we have not met yet. How are you? Jason Spies is my name. Nice to meet Jason. Um, so uh, my name is Tanya Van Beber, and I'm the president of the Weld County Council, and I am also a candidate for House District 48 here in northern Colorado, here in Weld County. What is your interpretation of SB 181? Let's just get right into the frying pan a little bit, huh? Uh, we the people have no more voice. Let's okay. just go there. <laughs> so I, I would interpret it that way. I would, I would say that uh, we had a voice in 112. We said what we wanted, and it was duly ignored, and 181 went down. 112 was the measure that was on the ballot, mm -hmm. for which the state voted on, and they voted... Uh, in favor of the oil and gas industry, I guess would probably be the that way, is correct. The loose way to say it. Yes. Governor Jared Polis became governor. They had a bill ready to go. Mm -hmm. Yep. Put it in. It got rammed through really quick. And then SB, SB 181 became a reality, correct? Correct. And, and, you know, that's the unfortunate trend that we're seeing. This is why I say it's a template. This is why I say it's a template, very similar to the smoking ban back in the 90s and 2000s. Again, I'm not trying to get into a smoking political nope. debate here. This is totally just about the template. That's all it is. And it's a very similar one. Um, We're going to take a brief pause from our live recording sessions here played back. They're actually recorded sessions that we did live in Greeley, Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply. Once again, 
Thank you for being a gracious host, Becker Safety and Supply down in Greeley, Colorado. The next live recording session is coming to Dickinson, North Dakota at the West River Ice Center, August 20th. We're going to take a brief pause. and we come back, we'll continue the conversation here with our Living the Crude Life live recording session here at the Crude Life Week in Review. Pass you by. So here's to the picture that holds us laughing, and here's to the sound of one hand clapping, and here's to not letting this moment pass. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases, and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. Hey folks, this is Jason Spies with The Crude Life, inviting each and every one of you to the 8th Annual Bakken Barbecue happening. Friday, August 21st at the West River Ice Center in Dickinson, North Dakota. Folks, this is the event of the summer, the Bakken Barbecue happening. August 21st, it's a Friday from 4 to 10 o'clock. Proceeds to benefit Make-A-Wish, North Dakota. Folks, we'll see you there. Friday, August 21st at the Bakken Barbecue. It's going to be the barbecue event of the summer. To the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week. This week, we're taking a look at our live recording sessions we do across the Shale Play USA. And this one comes to us from Greeley, Colorado. Regulations gone wild or the new normal? That's the discussion we're having here with our live recording sessions that we've now tape delayed here and brought to you at the Crude Life Week in Review. Let's get right back into it, folks. Once again, Living the Crude Life live recording session in Greeley, Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply. Bill Jerky, the Executive Director of Fuel and former state legislator of 20-plus years. Dennis Pungitori, the Executive Vice President and Chief Revenue Officer of Meridian Energy Group. And Tanya Van Bieber, candidate for House District 48. Talk to me a little bit about why you're running in relation to industry. How can you communicate to oil and gas what do you want them to know what do you want industry to hear from you well it's interesting that that i got a call tonight uh, to come on in um i actually had the good fortune to sit down with uh, colorado oil and uh, the colorado uh, sorry uh, coga today colorado's um, association for gas oh, this and is like oil. fresh news here today yes this is white hot <laughs> this is so hot it's not red or yellow or orange it's white 
All yeah, right, so so it was nice to sit down with uh, the Colorado Oil and Gas Association today. And then uh, Monday night, uh, it's also fresh because Jason Maxey, which is the department head for Weld County Oil and Gas, presented to the county council. And talk about serendipitous, the opportunity to, to see both of those places, both local and then, of course, at the state level. Um, and I would I would piggyback on what Bill had said about the farms and the harmony and the simpatico about the importance of that coming into the area. I, I grew up on a farm and I'm a third generation Well County resident. And at the end of the day, um, I think most farmers looked at this industry and said, mm, I'm not sure, you know, farmers are conservationists by nature. Don't harm my water, don't harm my soil. And once they got in and realized the uh, idea that these might be the first profits we've made in a bit, we all know farming has taken that that hard, hard road since the 1980s. It's an up and down market, much like oil and gas. And at the end of the day, uh, for the first time ever, landowners were uh, exploring their property rights, exploring their mineral rights, and receiving royalty checks. And for me, as somebody who watched this and lived this day in and day out, I watched legacies occur. Farmers often have a calling. Those are individuals who chose this life, and it is a calling for them. And the beautiful part about the harmony of it all was that it became family legacy. It allowed uh, children of farmers for the first time ever to have the hope that that land does get to stay in their family. That land does get to stay in their community um, and, and not be sold off or not have to be sold uh, to pay you know, the taxes and they, and they go their way. So I think that's something that's very important. Um, when it comes to why I am running and on behalf of this industry, if you will, or what, what importance is this race to this industry, I would say there's, it's about like a 26-sided dice. Um, as I watched as a constituent, 112 passed with the will of the voters, and then our, local, our state government come back with 181 and say, no, you don't get to, ha you thought you had a voice, but you don't. That was disturbing, deeply disturbing. Uh, I've got a saying that I've, I've used for a long, long time, and if, if, if uh, somebody else owns your time, talent, and treasure, you're nothing but another man's slave. And at the end of the day, uh, we lost our voice and our, our treasure and, and our time was taken from us. And so that does uh, create a situation where the, the impetus no longer is so that it's we the people uh, that was taken from us. So that's, that's part of what uh, concerns me about this industry in particular. The other thing that I got to see as a, a constituent who grew up in agriculture, but had oil and gas punched. We were one of the first farms in the county with a vertical well punched just 100 feet from the back, you know, it was probably two, 300 feet from the back of our corrals. Um, the fascinating thing is I watched uh, folks come out from different uh, other industries, other places, and state how harmful this was to the environment. Um, we didn't experience any of that. And what we did experience and what I have watched and what I have witnessed firsthand is that this is the most responsive, one of the most responsive industries to anything that might go wrong. All industries have issues that happen. All industries have accidents. All industries have things that they can improve upon, and yet they are incredibly responsive. And I would wager, we lead the, and I wouldn't wager this, I know this, we're the world's leader. We reduced mortality rate around the world. The bottom line is a thinking individual, an, an individual who's done their homework, understands that 97% of everything they can see, touch, feel, hear, and experience is a petroleum byproduct. Mm -hmm. The heart valves for a, heart, a senior heart patient, the incubator for an infant, these are all things. If, if we were to take all of those things, the roof on our home, the wheels on our Dinner. car, 
Right. They are uh, every bit part and parcel uh, of how we experience life all day, every day, from the minute we get up to the minute we we close our eyes at night. And so I look at that and I think of all the industries in the world, you know, we can't make more land and we can't make more water. But I got to tell you, when I know that this industry is part and parcel responsible for uh, lowering the mortality rate of countries around the world, for improving the lives of nations and children and families and, and people around the world, that's something to pay attention to. And so th that's just a little bit of why I would, uh, would, would say that's part of the pieces I take into consideration when thinking about why I would run for office. And even if I weren't, besides the point, that's all besides the point, I'm a thinking constituent. I'm an individual who's involved in my community. It's up to me to know these things. And once you know them, you can't unknow them. And for me, this is all about education and what, what can I educate myself with and how can I help myself and really others understand um, that this is the most highly regulated, probably one of the most responsive industries uh, in our state. And uh, I sure enjoy not freezing to death in the winter. I sure enjoy uh, the benefits that it provides us um, in all of the different kinds of medical industries um, and so on and so forth that allow people to prosper. I want to mention something about the uh, safety part being responsive. Mm -hmm. I would actually disagree with you, and I would, I would say that the industry has been proactive through the years. Yes. And I'll tell you why I believe that. And the oil and gas industry is really a different industry like, like you've never seen before. I always joke the perfect oil company is somebody that owns the mineral rights and they've got that down in the file cabinet down in the laundry room because that way they get a check every month and they don't have to do anything. They got no liability. So they outsource as much as they can. Well, you don't make as much money. So if we just did this part of the supply chain, well, we'd make this amount and then we'd make this amount because like I said earlier, wells used to go at 14 million. Now they got them down to six to eight or something like that. That is a lot of money, you know, to, to, to divvy out. So be that as it may, when you've got local community people essentially working for oil companies, that is a whole different industry like you've never, this is not like Amazon, this is not like Walmart, this is like nothing else, because these people are independent contractors, these people are your PTA members, these people are in charge of your county commissions and etc. They go to church together. They need to be in charge of each other's safety. So that's why the energy industry, in my opinion, has been so proactive over the years on the safety side of things. That's why this whole crash course to get off fossil fuels is so perplexing to me because you said 97%, I say 96%. And either way, we'll split the difference. My thing is, is that I say, when you wake up and brush your teeth, there's actually petroleum products in the toothpaste, in the, the thing, the tube, the toothbrush, the bristles, how it got there, that's just your toothbrush. That's just your toothpaste. That's just your experience brushing your teeth in the morning. 96, 97% of what we do is fossil fuel based. So why are we going to get off that in 10 years? That's not even possible. Again, syringes. Second, how about pipes? We just put in a bunch of PVC pipes. We just spent the last 20 years doing that. Now we're going to switch that. There, this is kind of crazy and I blame the media for allowing the craziness to get out of hand a little bit. So appreciate you guys coming on here to try to talk a little bit uh, as far as some sensibility because the industry has always corrected itself. If you go back 150 years, 
we were using hay and wood to keep warm. And that was a lot of hydrocarbons, okay? And then we went into, I think we had to went, and went into Wales for a while. We're going to take a brief pause from our live recording sessions here played back. They're actually recorded sessions that we did live in Greeley, Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply. Once again, thank you for being a gracious host, Becker Safety and Supply down in Greeley, Colorado. The next live recording session is coming to Dickinson, North Dakota at the West River Ice Center. August 20th. We're going to take a brief pause and we come back. We'll continue the conversation here with our Living the Crude Life live recording session here at the Crude Life Week in Review. If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases, and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... Hey folks, this is Jason Spies with The Crude Life, inviting each and every one of you to the 8th Annual Bakken Barbecue happening Friday, August 21st at the West River Ice Center in Dickinson, North Dakota. Folks, this is the event of the summer, the Bakken Barbecue happening August 21st. It's a Friday from 4 to 10 o'clock. Proceeds to benefit Make-A-Wish North Dakota. Folks, we'll see you there Friday, August 21st at the Bakken Barbecue. It's going to be the barbecue event of the summer. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week. This week, we're taking a look at our live recording sessions we do across the Shale Play USA. And this one comes to us from Greeley, Colorado. Regulations gone wild or the new normal? That's the discussion we're having here with our live recording sessions that we've now tape delayed here and brought to you at the Crude Life Week in Review. Let's get right back into it, folks. Once again, living the Crude Life live recording session in Greeley, Colorado at Becker Safety and Supply. Bill Jerky, the executive director of Fuel and former state legislator of 20-plus years, Dennis Pungitori, the Executive Vice President and Chief Revenue Officer of Meridian Energy Group, and Tanya Van Bieber, candidate for House District 48. We were using hay and wood to keep warm, and that was a lot of hydrocarbons, okay? And then we went into, I think we had to went, and went into Wales for a while, and we almost got rid of whales. And then we went into kerosene, which saved the whales, so petroleum products actually kind of saved the whales. And then we went to coal. And then we went to crude oil, and now we're at like natural gas. So we're down to just one or a few hydrocarbons. So 
over the past 150 years, the energy industry has naturally evolved to be a greener industry long before the Sierra Club came around. And that's not a political shot. That's fact. So this crash course to get off is, is what I don't understand because the industry's naturally been doing it. They've been doing it in, on the marketplace's time, if you will. So um, that was a lot of verbal diarrhea there, folks. I'm really sorry about that. But I do get a little bit passionate. The safety, the proactive. The other side is the capitalism and the opportunity within oil and gas. And that's the part that I'm worried about right now, which is anybody here in the audience going out and working on a rig, we're look, looking every day at those vibrating tubes, can figure out how to make that vibrating tube go twice as fast and twice as cheap. And the oil company, they don't want that company. They say, good for you, go start a company. And that guy does. And all of a sudden that guy, he goes out and starts a company and now he's got three or four staff members and he's making a good living, he's empowering his family, he's empowering his generation. And that's the thing the energy industry has done that has really attracted me personally, is their commitment to the purity of capitalism and opportunity. When I start seeing subsidies come in, and I start seeing the government start to pick and choose and start to manage the marketplace in the oil and gas industry, oh boy, I'm really worried about it. So. You're running for office. I want you to know that. You used to be a legislator. I'd love to know your opinion on is the, and, and I'll keep you out of it, because you, unless you want to chime in. But we've been saying for a little while now, it just seems like ag, or energy is going like ag 2.0. The way that ag turned with, okay, if you don't grow soy or corn or wheat, good luck, buddy. Roll the dice. It's almost becoming like that. And the Railroad Commission down in Texas they keep revisiting, you know, talking about controlling the marketplace a little bit, which is normal. It's, it's, it happens from time to time. But your thought on what's going on in the industry, SB 181 with the, I guess, the opportunity, limiting opportunity out there in the marketplace. So I don't know. Well, There's, there, there was a lot there to unpack. So. No, it is. It's, it's a lot to unpack. And I think we really have to be readily able to admit some facts and I'll wrap it back around to what you just talked about and that's that you're right they are responsive but you take it a step farther they're proactive I would totally agree and wrap that back around and say not only are they they proactive um, I would say the market demands right free market enterprises as free as they can be um, has already started the demand for renewable energies for those alternative kinds of energies and and the build side of it is becoming cheaper the innovation and the creativity for that is becoming uh, easier for a business person to get into and all of those kinds of alternative energies. And the buy side is, is somewhat dropping. Now, you're right. It's due to a lot of different kinds of subsidies you know, and, and a lot of demands. I mean, I'm looking at bills right now that may be coming down the pike and forcing builders to put an electrical charging station in a garage or forcing um, the idea that we can't have uh, um, natural gas in a house or they have to be limited to, to commercial buildings. Mm -hmm. We start fudging around, if you will, in those kinds of decisions, and there's a lot of unintended consequences. And I, and I always think about um, Keynesian economics and how we don't take into account the long game and all the stakeholders and all the things that happen. But when we're talking about being proactive, what I'd really like to, to say is I think it's oil and gas, and I don't think it's proven. Oil and gas, more often than not, today 
maybe the father, if you will, of, of creating an a link or a, a harmony between all those energies. We now have um, solar batteries going on at the, at the well sites. We now have um, electric rigs. We now have electri electric um, options when it comes to that process, uh, solar, other solar kinds of things. And so they're pulling in these alternative energies. And that really, I think, is the next step um, for that industry. They, they are starting to do some of those kinds of things. But it's not going to work until we, we do stay out of some of those things and, and stop playing uh, legislatively in, in, with our fingers in that. The irony of all of this is with our best effort with House Bill 1313 from last year, we wanted, you know, 50% uh, carbon reduction, uh, carbon emissions reduced by 2030, 100% reduction by 2050, and yet a report just came out yesterday. And who has, and who led this? Boulder, Colorado. And you're right, it, it's a hypocrisy, if you will. And yesterday the report came out and they have the highest emissions by zip code in the entire state. One of the first places to ban fracking, one of the first places to get rid of oil and gas, and yet they have the highest emissions in the state. That's something to pay attention to. It's again about and, education. And I am paying attention to it because I live in Fargo, okay? North Dakota is east-west. Okay, Fargo, we're five, seven hours from the closest oil and gas rig. We are very blue. Austin, Boulder, blue. Okay. And that's all the time we have this week for the Crude Life Week in Review. Thank you, folks, for joining us here this week. The entire Living the Crude Life live recording session is available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Please check out our social media pages as well from YouTube to Facebook. To the Twitters, we have them all available at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media page. And please support your local radio station as well, especially during these times. They can be one of the most valuable resources in a local community, especially when you need your hands free. I'll tell you what, this podcast revolution is just radio shows disguised in a different word. That's all. So... Please support your local radio station. Reach out to them, find out what's going on. Not only can they tell you where the best deals in town are, but they can probably tell you how to access some public information as well. So from the staff here at the Crude Life Week in Review, my name is Jason Spies asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases, and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today.
back to the way.